This podcast features first-hand accounts directly from the storytellers themselves. I, Mila, will be your guide, faithfully sharing their authentic narratives with you. A new voice and a new story in the second episode of the podcast, They Were Here. Featuring Umm Muhammad, who will share her story about how her husband was arrested. I was in Syria at that time, and candidly, nothing affected me more profoundly than witnessing my husband taken away before my eyes, with our children as witnesses. We implored them, my children and me, not to take him. We were guiltless. My husband had never harmed anyone or committed any wrongdoing. Our sole guilt was being from Idlib. Can you share a specific memory that still stands out in your thoughts? To be honest, every memory with him was beautiful. My husband embodied true humanity, filled with high morals. He was tender and affectionate, and we had a profound connection, especially in those final moments when we felt like one soul. He used to tell me, I feel like you are my soul. In a particular situation, as we discussed leaving Syria for the safety of our children, I firmly refused to part with him. He urged me to stay, but when our children started crying, fearing they would be separated from me, he looked at me, sensed their fear, and feeling worried about me, uttered, Go with them. Those moments are etched in my memory until my last breath. We made tremendous efforts to find him. After leaving that area, I tirelessly searched for him, accompanied by my sister-in-law, risking our lives to inquire about him. We scoured every security center until we reached the local security office to find out his fate, yet no answers were provided. He committed no wrongdoing and bore no guilt towards anyone. Our only fault was merely being present in the besieged area. We had a home and a car, but we left with only the clothes on our backs. We were not allowed to take anything else. What emotions engulfed you at the very moment your husband was arrested? My emotions were indescribable. The fear and horror at that moment were beyond imagination. The individuals we confronted were strangers, unknown to us. They were labeled soldiers, typically seen as protectors of the people. However, we did not perceive them as protectors. To us, they were monsters. We pleaded with them, saying, you should treat us like your mothers and aunts. Their response was disdainful, deeming us unworthy, treating us as if we were terrorists, though we were just children and women incapable of causing harm. To this day, I grapple with the profound sense of my husband's demise, carrying it within me in every fiber of my being. The news of his death reached me a year after his arrest. It hit me like a thunderbolt when his sister advised me to keep his death a secret. She mentioned that she got his ID. Even now, disbelief lingers. I asked her, how did this happen? I can't comprehend it. 
We have not disclosed news of his death until now. A decade has passed since he left use. Among our relatives, no one is aware. He is not considered deed, Raither. He is detained, and we cling to hope that he will be released. The sentiment that he has passed away, and I have borne his death alone. Even with my children, I informed them that their father was detained and would return to us. What message or counsel would you extend to a woman grappling with loss? My heartfelt advice to every woman enduring similar circumstances, bereft of her husband, beloved, and family provider, is to persevere in life, exhibit resilience, practice patience, and carry the weight of responsibility to fortify her character. Above all, she must not waver in her pursuit and demand for the person she has lost, be it a husband or a brother, regardless of the relationship. It is imperative that she boldly asserts her rights. Whether he remains confined in a prison or has departed from this world, she should ardently demand the release of his body. This action stands as the sole tangible proof of his passing, offering the closure necessary to believe in his finality. It is an immensely challenging emotion, honestly. I sense that my husband may still be in prison, even if the probability is minuscule. Why this injustice? I merely hope for certainty that if he has passed away, it is conclusive, and there is nothing more we can do. Stories of death certificates issued while individuals are alive only intensify these fears. This apprehension remains a constant companion, and in my prayers, I implore, O oh Allah, have mercy on him. Mercy is extended to the dead and the living. Yet, at times, I grapple with a sense of helplessness, fearing that my husband may still be alive, and I am powerless to aid him. The podcast, They Were Here, featuring Umm Muhammad, sheds light on the challenges and profound loss she endured.